listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with JP and Mr. T, we're here until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Tough loss for the Rangers. I think David Quinn is to blame, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm going to say it. David Quinn is to blame because he went on DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg and virtually guaranteed a win. Said, I will talk to you tomorrow, meaning tomorrow, after a win. Uh-oh. Rangers lose 4-2. They're off for the break, the All-Star break. But let's talk about it. Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame, 1-800-919-3776. Throughout the night, I'm going to bore you <laughs> with some of my Derek Jeter memories over the years of watching him at Yankee Stadium and covering him and being on hand for hit number 3,000 and some of the big events in Derek Jeter's career. Yes, I had a front row seat. Not as good as the seat as Michael Kay, who was, you know, about maybe four or five rows to my right, looking out the broadcast window, first on radio and then on TV. But I had a couple of a couple of vintage Derek Jeter stories myself and, and witnessed a couple of things for him. Also on Twitter. We want to find out from you what you think are his favorite moments. So, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, what's your favorite Derek Jeter moment? Is it the 3,000th hit? Is it the walk-off hit to end his career? Is it Mr. November home run in the World Series? Or is it his dive into the stands against the Boston Red Sox when he came out and it looked like he had gone 10 rounds with well, maybe Sugar Ray? At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 90 underscore 7 FM, and also at 1-800-919-3776. First of all, let's hear from Jeter. Gratitude for being voted in. Thank you to all the baseball writers for electing me into the Hall of Fame. When When you think about playing your career, um, you know, this is the highest honor that a player can receive. And uh, it's a very, very humbling day. And uh, I, was, I was happy I had an opportunity to share that with family and friends. And uh, I also want to take an opportunity to congratulate Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, and the late Marvin Miller and family. So thank you very much. Derek, what were your emotions leading up to the announcement? Everyone told me it was a foregone conclusion. I didn't buy it, so it was not a relaxing day. There was a lot of anxiety. Um, I was nervous. I was sitting around waiting for a phone call. is something that is completely out of your control. And uh, once you get the phone call, I, quite, I don't even know if I said anything for a while because um, it, it is the ultimate honor, and uh, it's a very humbling experience. And to be um, elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame is, is truly a dream come true. So, Derek, what does this mean to you going into the Hall of Fame and doing it as a Yankee. I'll tell you, it probably means a little bit more to me than maybe some other people because you know I grew up a Yankee fan. It's the only organization I ever wanted to play for. Um, I, I was fortunate to play 20 years in New York, parts of 23 professionally, and a lot of thanks goes out to the Steinbrenner family because uh, you know, especially the boss. I mean, he he was big on if if you guys win, we'll bring you back, and we had a lot of success and. And the entire family gave me an opportunity to finish my career playing in New York. So 
that's the one thing that I always wanted to be remembered as was to be remembered as a Yankee. Did you ever discuss going into the hall when you played? I tried to stay away from that conversation. You know, funny story is, uh, you know, I have a great relationship and still do with Reggie Jackson. And uh, Reggie used to constantly remind me when he when he came to the park, he'd always tell me, you're not a Hall of Famer yet, because we'd go back and <laughs> forth and joke with each other. Um, so that's really the only conversations that I've, I've had with any of the, the former players uh, in the Yankee organization about that. But I, I, I'm big on trying not to jinx things. And, um, you know, I basically shied away from those conversations. 397 voters voted him into the Hall of Fame. Voter 397 did not, unanimously. So that means on their first ballot, Derek Jeter was not there. Got in, not there. And we've had this discussion, we had it last year with Mariano Rivera, who went in unanimously, and some people had some pause on that because there had been so many great players who had not been voted in unanimously into the Hall of Fame. Legendary players. And the list goes on. Willie Mays, uh, Joe, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, uh, Babe Ruth. It, just, it goes on and on and on and on. Not unanimously. There's always, it, it was a thing. It was a proud thing with the baseball writers to say, you know what? Nah, nope, nope, nope. Nobody's going in unanimously. And then Mariano Rivera did it last year. And there was shock. First of all, that he got in unanimously. Secondly, that a relief pitcher was the one to get in unanimously. So the conversation then turned, obviously, to Derek Jeter. And his resume is uh, pretty good. Five-time world champion, one World Series MVP, 3,465 hits. That's sixth all-time. Five gold gloves, five silver slugger awards, 14-time All-Star, 1996 Rookie of the Year, 310 batting average, 260 home runs, 1,311 RBIs, and 1,923 runs scored. And, and, in the glorious history of the New York Yankees, the only one to have 3,000 hits. The only one. I mean... (laughs) The Yankee roster is like walking through the Hall of Fame. The Yankee roster is Legends Field. Okay? And he's the only one with 3,000 hits. So, okay, even if you're outside New York and didn't have the chance to watch him every day, he performed in big moments. He got clutch hits. He, he made big plays defensively. So when you look at him and what he was able to do, if you're turning the page and saying, okay, let's move forward. We clearly, Mariano Rivera was unanimous because when you look at him as a closer, he changed the game. He did. When he was used as a setup guy from, from throughout his career. And his World Series ERA numbers are out of this world. So you get that. But when you look at Jeter's numbers, you mean that in this era, he couldn't be unanimous? There had to be one voter? And it's just to say that I I didn't want him to be unanimous. 
And this has been something that the baseball writers have done over and over and over and over again. It doesn't make any sense. And I know there's articles that are out like this person should identify themselves and explain why. What I don't care. I, I don't care who it is. You don't have to explain yourself. It's just that you are able to do that is enough. Why? And listen, I'm a Met fan. I respect Derek Jeter, covered Derek Jeter, watched him day in and day out, understand how great he was, understand what he meant to that team. Okay? Understood that, you know, people say, well, you know, he was big because they won championships. Yeah, but he was part of the reason they won. His leadership as captain. His ability. What he brought to the table. Playing every day. Not wanting to come out of the lineup. Solid defensively. Oh, he's not great. Is he the greatest defensive shortstop ever? No. But he didn't make, he didn't make a lot of errors. Did he have great range? No. Okay. He wasn't the, he wasn't the perfect player. Okay. But guess what? There's a lot of imperfect players in the Hall of Fame. So I, am I surprised that he wasn't unanimous? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not surprised. I would have been shocked if he would have been unanimous. And of course, you're not going to have, somebody's like, we're not going to have two consecutive Yankees going unanimous. Oh, no, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. that that's not happening. We want to make sure that that doesn't go. Congratulations also to Larry Walker. Solid player. Really good player. Uh, Ted Simmons, I watched. Switch to the catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Solid catcher. Very good. Offensive. That, 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 that range of offensive catchers that started to come into, you know, prominence in the seventies and eighties, you know, with Bench and Simmons and guys like Fisk, guys like that, offensive catchers who were really, really good. So I'm, I'm just, I don't get it. I don't get it, but I'm not surprised for me. Chatting with Derek Jeter, he understood his role. And I know to, to fans, that's not a big deal. I know sometimes you don't care whether the players talk or not. It's not a big deal. You don't care what they have to say. Some of them have nothing to say. You don't care. But Derek Jeter understood that the media was a conduit to Yankee fans and baseball fans. And so win or lose, he was at his post in the clubhouse, every game, every game, win or lose. Because he knew that Yankee fans wanted to hear what he had to say about what was going on. His leadership was unquestioned. And I've said it a thousand times, and this will be a thousand and one. For athletes to understand how to deal in New York City, he should conduct a class at the new school. He was Teflon Derek. Never in trouble. Boring. Early in his career, the list of people that he dated was <laughs> outstanding. Very good. Impressive. 
for a young fella. Single man in the Big Apple. Didn't affect his play. Didn't hear about it. One on the front pages. Maybe a little page six. But nothing scandalous. Nothing scandalous. Carried the pinstripes with dignity. And that's Larry the reporter. As Larry the Met fan, respected the heck out of him. Because every day he went out there, put on his put on his shoes, got his glove, and understood his job and his role on that Yankee team. He was a leader. And the fact that he came up big in big moments was just icing on the cake. Offensively and defensively. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Already via Twitter, some guy named Chris Carlin weighed in. Yeah, you know the guy that does the show here Monday through Friday now from 7 to 10. Carlin! Him. He says, the backhand flipped in the playoffs versus the A's. Roger Pads agrees, the backhand flip against the A's. Okay. I'm not going to say that wasn't a great play. It was. But uh, you guys know Twitter, you get four choices. So we went two offense and two defense. <laughs> so add it in. But that was, there's no question. That was a another big play in a big moment for Derek Jeter. That's what he does. 1-800-919-3776. Matt in the car. Start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Matt. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wanted to say, uh, I've been hearing this all day about how great Jeter's been with the media and how terrible A-Rod is and that he lied to us. And, and I know this is not a focus on A-Rod, but I think it's just so pompous of the media to say, oh, my God, he lied to us. He lied to us. We know he cheated. But the lying to us is like, but he's lying to the fans. Oh, my God, he lied to me when he said that. And that should ruin everything because he lied. Get over yourselves already. He's allowed to lie when he's caught cheating. He's trying to avoid being hurt and losing his money. Of course he's going to lie. Don't get all like pompous. Oh, my God, it's so sanctimonious. It's the worst thing. He lied to the media. Okay, Matt, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Matt, but I didn't say that, so that doesn't matter no, to me. Not you. I, not you, but I'm like hearing it all day long. It's driving me crazy. It's like, oh, my God, the media, the media, he lied to us. Poor, poor us. Well, well listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Matt. World. I'll say this, Matt. Thanks for the phone call. Nobody likes to be lied to. You know, if you're doing, if you're doing, especially in the scenario where you're doing a one-on-one and that happens, it, it's, it's, it hurts. It, it bothers you because you, you know, it's a personal thing. Some people take it personal. Some people don't. Me? Uh, that's on you. If you lie, you got to deal with it. Doesn't bother me. You have to, that, that's, that's words coming out of your mouth. And so, once again, to make this clear, when I say that I respected how Derek Jeter dealt with the media, that is as far as 
reaching out and understanding that Yankee fans wanted to hear what he had to say. Yankee fans wanted to hear what was going on with the team. If there was a losing streak, they wanted to hear from him. Now, did he say a lot? Did Derek Jeter say a lot of stuff that would, that, that would make you say, wow, no, not at all. In other words, in other words, Derek Jeter's not coming out and standing in front of his spot in the locker room talking about uh, all we need of a couple of other players because these guys, you know, other than Posada and A-Rod and, you know, Tim Raines and uh, Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, those are the only guys we have. We need more guys. Never. 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 He's not going to do that. He's the ultimate teammate. He, he understood what needed to be done and what needed to be said. That's my view of even talking about him being very good with the media because he understood the fans wanted to hear what he had to say as captain of the Yankees. As a media member, I was just a conduit. He just spoke into my microphone so I could bring it back to ESPN and the other stations I worked for in my career and let the fans know what Derek Jeter thought about certain things. So that's why I respected him about the media. Because, you know, he wasn't the only guy I spoke to in the locker room. Spike's in Jersey. What's up, Spike? Good evening, Brother Larry. Thanks for getting me on. Three things I'll tell you. Colin was right. I like the flip play. Also, mm-hmm. I agree with him. I'm looking out the window, and Derek Cheetah was born four blocks from where I'm looking out. No kidding. Yep, yep. I'm in Pompton Plains. He was born in Paquanic Hospital, which is part of Pompton Plains. Mm-hmm. The hospital where he was born is now uh, uh, like a guard department place. Now they moved it closer. But that's where he was born. And uh, during my working main working career, I traveled a lot and sold college bookstores and other places. And I used to travel. My biggest company was in Paw uh, um, Paw, Michigan, uh-huh. which was 15 minutes or so from Kalamazoo. Gotcha. And Paw Paw had a... Uh, was famous even before your time for a guy named Charlie Maxwell who played for the Tigers and used to hit home runs on Sunday doubleheads at Yankee Stadium. You can look it up. Him and Frank Lavery used to kill the Yankees. But So I got to know um, Charlie, uh, poor, poor Charlie, they called him, which is a great name. And I got to know Dr. Charles Jeter, uh, who was, because he knew, that he was, I believe he was a, uh, uh, drug counselor of some sort out there. And he was an army guy and he wound up out there. So, you know, it's a function of age, I think, as far as a little younger than me. But but here I'm looking out the window where Paquanic Hospital was and, and, and knew him from Kalamazoo, which was near Pawpaw, where I went. I respected him. He he was a Gita was the guy for a guy like you and all the reporters. Less is more. Mm-hmm. He kept it simple, and you could say this, and I know you're going to agree with me because I know you pretty well. Nobody was ever more polite. Yeah, than sure. Derek Gita. It was yes, sir, Mister Tory. He showed respect. He was brought up beautiful. I believe the father met the mother in the army. I believe they were stationed. I believe in Germany. Because I got to know him just through a commonality of a friend between Paul Poor and Kalamazoo from during the picture, right? It's just it's just a crazy world. But I, I told Ty when he picked up after rubbing the lake of Los Angeles last night. But mm. uh, let me it's... tell you something: if that writer who didn't vote for him, I will tap out that it's a Boston writer. I mean, it's got to be, and and that's not fair. He belongs in a hundred percent. I don't. I mean. I saw. I never saw a player. Forget the stats. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was a clutch guy. Yep. He, 
he got uh, as many hits as anyone. He showed up. What do you always say? Um, what's the expression you use? When the light shines brightest. Right. The light shines brightest. He was always there when the light shined brightest. Uh, and he came through almost all the time. You didn't yeah. ask any pitcher. Did they want to face him when the money was on the line? Nope. No. So I don't know who it is. It, does it have to come out or not? No, it doesn't have to. Oh, it doesn't so have to. That's too bad. That's too bad. No, it doesn't have to, but sometimes it does. It's going to leak out, and I hope it leaks right out to Boston somewhere. You have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Appreciate the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. I mean, when you think about what he was able to do in big moments, I mean, that's that's what find him, whether it was a diving stop in the hole with a jump throw to first base, whether it's a sacrifice fly or a clutch hit or a home run, in the big moments, he came up big. I mean, he was, it just, it just, it just happened that way. It just seemed, and you knew it was coming, like, and you weren't surprised. you like, you know, you expected it to be that way with him. He was, uh, you know, he was a very, very talented young man. And like I said, in the big moments, he didn't come up small. He came up big. And Spike, you should not have rubbed Mr. T the wrong way about the Lakers, knowing that the angry team is coming to the Garden tomorrow. And they they have the Knicks tomorrow and the Nets on Thursday. I wonder if Kyrie's hamstring will be healed by Thursday. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I think they should rest him for a couple more games. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Walker, is he a Hall of Famer to you? Come it's, on, it's Robbie, Robbie, <laughs> but <laughs> but Robbie, Robbie, you know that's yeah. that's not right, Robbie. Thanks for the phone call. Because I mean, there's there's other guys you could say you could you have that question as well. Here's what I would say in in uh, his defense that he is a Hall of Famer. Seventeen years is a long time to play the game. Longevity has its place. It does. I mean, he's got. Um, JP Ty, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten years, ten of his seventeen seasons, he hit over three hundred. It's not bad. Ten of his seventeen seasons as an outfield, he hit over three hundred. I know some, I know some DH. I understand, you know, but um, still. 10 out of the 17 years. And he hit 309 in the postseason. Yeah. So there was not even a little bit of a drop-off. No. He was consistent. In, in terms of who he was during the regular season versus who he ultimately became in, in the biggest moments of, of the season. Absolutely. And for me, my best Larry Walker memory is him turning his cap around facing Randy Johnson <laughs> in the All-Star game. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's fun. That's fun stuff. 1-800-919-3776. Okay. You talking about DJ? Yeah. Yeah. Of course Jesus is great in the postseason. Come on. That's the bottom line with him. He was great from from game one to game whatever. Consistent. And durable. Didn't miss a lot of games. Played a lot. 
It's good. Mike's in the car. What's up, Mike? You're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing? I'm All right. Caller. I heard a listener from Pompton Plains, New Jersey. I'm from the same town, and he was talking. He was upset that Derek didn't go in unanimously. Okay. And I'm not I'm not that upset over that. I, I like the fact that Mariano went in unanimously because he's like the most special pitcher there ever was. He's the only pitcher I know of that he could tell the batters what he was throwing and they'd still hit it. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one that never had to worry about people stealing signs because it didn't matter. But Derek's a class act. I'm proud to be a Yankee fan. I'm proud he was our captain, and I'm proud he wore the pinstripe. So, so Mike, let I'm me get this straight. Okay, Mike, let me get this straight from you now. So you you kind of agree with what Alan Hahn was saying, because Alan Hahn and Bart Scott, you know, the new show, Bart and Hahn, 1 to 3, Monday yeah. through Thursday, Monday through Friday here on 98.7. That's what Alan right. was saying, that he, he, he was torn because he felt Jeter deserved to be unanimous, but on the coming right after Mariano was unanimous, he kind of wanted Mariano to remain unanimous on his own. So you feel the same yes. way? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. Not that nobody's ever going to get in unanimously again, because it may happen, but uh, you know, not taking anything away from Derek, but I know there was a lot of shortstops out there that had better numbers in a lot of different categories. They might not have had his longevity or anything like that, but uh, the guy's fantastic. And yeah. you know, New York, the Yankees couldn't find a better representative for their organization. No question about it, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Derek, what was, what was it like to be able to come up big in big games? Whether it's a game in spring training or it's a game seven of the World Series, it's still baseball. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I think, um, you know, the moment – it's pretty big for people, but I, I prided myself on being prepared, and, and I felt as though when I was in those situations, I was prepared, and therefore, you know, it was just the same game, and the game slowed down. You know, and and hearing what he said is key, because for so many players, in key moments and big and big pressure situations, the game the mo- the, the game speeds up, but for him, it slowed down. Whether it's Mental preparation, whether it's confidence because he'd done it before and felt he could do it again, whether it's, you know, if, if I don't, somebody behind me will because of the lineup I'm in, whatever it was, he just gave you the secret to why Derek Jeter was so good when the lights were brightest. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. JP, Mr. T along the way. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Poll question, what is your favorite Jeter moment? Is it the 3,000th hit? Is it the RBI hit to end his career? Is it Mr. November home run? I can hear Kay's voice in my head as I say it. I can hear him. I can hear him. Or was it diving into the stands. Now, before I give you some numbers, JP, Mr. T, a lot of people upset with us on Twitter. Like Eddie Cheddar. Dude! Dude! Come on! It's the flip! And you don't even have that as a choice? This is what the kids call a fail. Dude! It's not my fault the guy had so many other memories, all them great moments. Like I said, 
if that's your great moment, that's cool. Most of the people, some people agree with you, but listen, that's what makes the conversation. So it's not a failure. It's the fact that, you know, he's so great. There was more than one option. Joey Fingo, the flip. Um, who else we got here that weighed in? You know, a bunch of people weighing in, gentlemen. Um, Carl Simcoe had an interesting take. He said, the Baseball Writers Association have taken themselves way too seriously for a long time now. They envisioned themselves as keepers of the Holy Grail. Then you've got the Veterans Committee where anybody's liable to slip through the cracks. Harold Baines, question mark. It's messed up. It's it's an interesting situation. And, you know, uh, Ian O'Connor, who's, I mean, been in this business a long, long, long time. Long time. Uh, I agree with him. Doesn't matter that Derek Jeter, not in the least. Could care less. <laughs> Could care less whether he was unanimous or not. The fact that he got in, he's good. But it just, and I keep, I will continue to ask this question. It, it's similar. It's along the same lines. I get back to the calls in a moment. It's along the same lines of, okay, if somebody didn't get in last year and they get in this year, the question is, all right, so did they hit another home run? Well, a couple of home runs, a couple of RBIs, a couple of big hits in the last year. So why why don't they get in in their first year, but they get in in their second year? Like 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 these are the questions you have about the, these committees when they vote. All right, so a guy doesn't come in for three or four years, but he gets in. Like why? You know. So the same scenario here. Okay, and I asked it last hour. What did he do to be unanimous? I don't. You know, I just I'm just curious. I'm this weird person. That I, I try to look at things logically. So I'd like to step inside a person's mind and figure out why they came up with the decision they did. And for me, that would be my question. What did he need to do to be unanimous that he didn't already do? I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. And it would be different because you're only allowed to vote for 10 players. Yes. It would be, it would be different if you found that there were 10 players on the list better than Jeter. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be the only explanation to not include him. Yeah. Now, you're not going to find 10 players on, on a single ballot better than Jeter, but my point is that would be the only explanation. That's the only scenario where you could arrive at not selecting him this afternoon. Exactly. But and that doesn't exist. It, does, it doesn't. I mean, he went in on a ballot with his, he was on two people. How could he not be unanimous? How could he not be? 17.2% say their favorite Jeter moment was the 3,000th hit. And you know, I'm sitting in the stadium and he was, I remember him talking about it and you could see like he really wanted to get it over with <laughs> because you keep talking about it and every day you're talking about it and you're asking him about it and you're talking about it. He's getting closer. He's just like, can I just get this over with? <laughs> I just want to get this over with. And for the 3,000th hit to be a home run, it's Derek Jeter. So what do you expect? The same Derek Jeter who's not a home run hitter. Exactly. For that 3,000th hit to exactly. come. Courtesy of a home run. By the way, I, I was telling you this before the show. That's right. You were there. I was in Yankee Stadium that day. I got to witness my favorite baseball player of all time achieve such you know a tremendous milestone. Mm-hmm. So my dad, I want to say it was maybe early Thursday, told me 
he had tickets to this game, but he had no interest in going. Mm. So he gave the two tickets, you know, to myself and my now wife, uh, Cassandra. If you remember, Jeter was set to enter Friday, two hits shy of 3,000. That yes. Friday game got rained out. That's right. So I'm convinced that if that game doesn't get rained out, he gets it Friday night. Mm-hmm. But because it did get rained out, pushed to Saturday, I'm in the stadium, I get to witness it. So amazing? I got lucky. You did. Fortunate. You did. And that wasn't the only hit he got that day. He was five for five that day, including the go-ahead RBI single in the eighth inning that put them ahead and eventually won the game. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we're talking about. So 17.2% of you said the 3,000th hit. 17.9% of you say your favorite moment was the RBI to end his career. 30.6% of you say the Mr. November home run. 34.3% 34.3% of you say him diving into the stands against the Boston Red Sox. Keep voting. I'm curious. 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Charlie and Woodside, you're next on 98.7. Larry, good evening. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? Uh, well, I want to say congratulations to the cap, uh, to the, to the guy who, the respect, mm-hmm. the captain, Mr. November, Derek Cheater. Um, the fact that uh, I was almost like, almost like he was so close to like getting hundred unanimous hundred percent, but no, he's the, he's yeah, he's gonna be go he's gonna be he's right now he's got a second um uh, second best uh in terms of uh, voting percentage yeah. behind Mariano, so yep. which is actually is cool, I guess, and I don't know about whoever writers, but I don't care. I think Jeter is well deserved. I mean, he almost got unanimous. That was amazing. Yep, uh, he he really played with. Um, Really um, respect the game. He's a lifer. He's great. He he will. I mean, he didn't he didn't get in tr- any trouble or anything. And I know the Polk. Uh, he was. I mean, all time Yankee. And I don't know when we're gonna have the next Yankee who's gonna be a Hall of Fame and Hall who's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. And Jeter's gonna be the last Hall of uh, Yankees to be in the Hall of Fame for a while because I don't know who the next Yankee will be. I hope it's Judge. Uh, who knows? But I mean, well deserved him. Really, to I think I know on the poll question I put Mr. November, but in my mind, uh-huh. two, my favorite Jeter moments—it's not a moment, but overall moment—was the two the pressure cooking. It was 20-year anniversary of the 2000 World Series performance because that was the series that the Yankees couldn't. I mean, I mean, Yankees <laughs> cannot lose that. Serious. Jordan missed the boss. Mr. Steinbrenner was preaching. Well, I mean, we can't lose to this. We can't lose to this team. It was like well, it was game three or game four. Yeah. It was so far to the to the to the clubhouse on the mountain in the Shea Stadium clubhouse. And I think in my mind, the flip didn't happen if it wasn't for that. What is that? The what is that? The Todd. What was that? Todd Zeal. Was that Todd Zeal fly ball? I think he. Oh, I mean, that fly ball. He cut it off and threw that. Uh, throw a runner on a home mm-hmm. play. I think that maybe that because of that. If that was the play, and he. I mean, that maybe the foot play wouldn't happen because Hugh Jeter was just so not just great clutch hitter, but also he was uh, smart at, yep. uh, at the field. I mean, with, with his intelligence, with. Uh, intelligent at the what is the critical moment and of course the the home i mean in my mind, i think he was in game four when he before he had uh 
leadoff home run because the Yankees' leadoff hitter was so awful. I think during that postseason before that World Series, mm-hmm. he got moved up and, of course, hit a leadoff home run in Game 4. And Game 5, he did um, game time home run against um, uh, Al Leiter. All right, all right, enough of all that right. 2000 stuff. It was it was, it, it was uh, in my mind. <laughs> I know it's kind of disgusting. But, yeah, come on in my up. mind, for 2000 World Series, my favorite uh, Jeter moment. I think that was a really pressure moment. And Jeter stepped up in a big way, and that's how that's why he's a Hall of Famer and everything. So you're I'm right, good. Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. That is, it's big moments. It's little things. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Folks on Twitter, why don't you put the flip play in the, in the on the for me the phone line in the poll? Why not flip play? Why not flip play? All right. Hey, Jeet, was the flip play career-defining? You know, I get asked about that play quite a bit. And, um, you know, I've said since it happened that uh, I was just doing my job. I was basically in the area where I was supposed to be. And, and uh, you know, my job is to redirect to throw a third base. But, um, uh, fortunately, we had an opportunity to get the out at the plate. But, yeah, that, that's a play that I think is, is uh, I'm constantly reminded. Anytime I'm in the Bay Area, ever since that happened, uh, I'm always asked that question. So I, I think it is a, uh, one of the career-defining moments that I've had. And, and uh, you know, fortunately for us, it came at a good time because we ended up winning that series. But, um, you know, I've always enjoyed going out there to play. We played some great Oakland teams um, throughout the years, and, and, and we had some great battles with them. So that is definitely a play that, uh, you know, I see more often than not. Listen, it was a great play in a big moment. And as we mentioned earlier, it showed you his smarts and awareness as to where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. And that's also part of greatness. <laughs> it's also, that's, that's also part of it. Yeah, he had big hits. Yeah, he had, he made, like I said, he made the jump throw from going deep in the hole. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even the play like that, where, He's thinking ahead and seeing, okay, this is where I need to go. This is where I need to be. I'm telling you, as a reporter covering the Yankees during his time here, he was a hell of a player. Hell of a player. As a Met fan, he all right. <laughs> I respected him. He all right. But as a, as a reporter, psh, He's pretty good. That 2000 World Series. Oh, got you please. Oh, way, huh? leave me alone. Leave me alone. Eric's in Manhattan. What's up, E? You're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's um, up, Eric? I was just, I was just um, talking to the screener, and I was saying that, in my personal opinion, no question Derek Jeter's a Hall of Famer. I think he's 100% a Hall of Famer, first ballot. But I just don't think that Mariano going in unanimously should set a precedent that everybody else after that that we think is a unanimous, you know, is a is a first ballot Hall of Famer goes in unanimously. Not saying I wouldn't have voted Jeter, mm-hmm. great player, definitely Hall of Famer. But we brought up the like we were talking and we brought up the point of Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. I don't think Pujols gets in unanimously. No, he won't. And why not? No, why not? Three thousand hits, six hundred and sixty home runs, three hundred career batting average. Who's to say he's not a Hall of Famer? No, he's but definitely a Hall of Famer. Guy. Definitely great, a Hall no, of I'm Famer. Saying, Definitely. You, unanimous? I'm saying unanimous. I don't know. Great guy, off the field acting yep. just like Jeter. Quiet, 
does things for the kids. Great guy. Okay, so Eric, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because you make a great point. Let me ask you this. So then what determines what makes a player a unanimous Hall of Famer? Why was Mar- I, why was Mariano unanimous? Because he was the greatest ever at his position, hands down. Nobody can dispute that. Okay, but he did not play every day. So how do we I, now define an everyday player? What makes them unanimous? That that I, that I don't know, but I think it's a knock to guys like Ken Griffey Jr., like Ted Williams, like Dave Ruth, like Joe DiMaggio, who didn't get in unanimously if we start putting guys like Jeter in unanimously. Yeah, I don't but think you it know, but, always be that but way. But why are we penalizing? But, why are we penalizing Jeter and Trout and Pujols for something that people did who who thirty, forty, fifty years ago? I agree. We shouldn't I think penalize should them for be, that. It's not their I think fault. There should be a different <laughs> a different system. No, yeah. I, I agree. Just like I, I just like I always make the argument about Pete Rose. Yeah. If the guys who did steroids are allowed to be on the ballot and get voted for, so should Pete Rose. Doesn't matter whether they get him in or not, but he should mm-hmm. at least be on the ballot. He should have a chance to get in, just like you. all the steroid guys do. Yeah, I hear so, what you're saying, yeah, Eric. The system's broken. Yeah, and I don't know how we fix it. Thanks for the phone call. I don't know how we fix it. The only thing I will say is, if I baseball's going to always say there was no sign in the when you walked into the clubhouse that said no steroid use, but there is a sign when you walk into the clubhouse that says you can't bet on baseball. That's what baseball's going to tell you. It's what they're going to say. It's the same scenario that we've got now where Commissioner Manfred said, okay, I'm done. I'm done. No more. No more of this sign stealing stuff. No more banging on garbage cans. I sent out a memo. No more. And they continue to do it. So he's like, all right, that's what I told you. I told you, you keep doing it, you're going to pay. That's what Major League Baseball is going to say to you. But that is the question now. You're t- I understand Mariano Rivera. I understand he redefined the closer's role. I understand his numbers. I understand the fact he did it with two pitches. I understand the fact that he had a cutter that was incredible. Everybody knew it, and they still couldn't hit it. I got it. I got it. And I remember when people were, t- were, were the, the writers were saying that <laughs> relievers – <laughs> shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because they didn't play every day. Or they would say, listen, that's what the Cy Young Award is for. <laughs> give him the Cy Young Award if you want to give him an award. So now he belongs in the Hall, no question, he's unanimous. But how do we get an everyday player unanimously into the Hall of Fame? Does that mean we will never have a unanimous player that plays every day in the Hall of Fame? Because what is going to be the criteria? Is it, yeah, what is it going to be? I, and un, under this, in this scenario, the way it is right now, there may never be another unanimous Hall of Fame player. Unless, because who, who is going to come in that's going to just blow you away to say unanimous? You've got a guy, Mike Trout is undeniably Everybody talks. I, I don't see him enough <laughs> to know how good he is. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen him. I, only time I see him is when the Angels are playing the Yankees, and occasionally when they're on the game of the week on a Monday night game. I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Trout tr- play 
20 games a year. I haven't seen him. So how do I determine whether he's, uh, he deserves to be a unanimous player at the end of his career? How do I determine that? Am I just looking at the numbers? And, and by the way, the fact that he doesn't have a good team behind him, how do I know how he performs in big moments? He is not in any. And that's not his fault. But he's not in, what big moments has he been in, in the postseason that we could say, oh, look at him, look at him, look at this, look at World Series, look at the win. Great player. Great. I know he is. The times I've seen him, he's been pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. But he could come up, he could come, he may not come up in the moment where he, he, he makes a difference. He may not come up in a big spot. And God help him if he was playing the Astros. Because <laughs> they were yelling and screaming and bullhorns and everything else. Throwing stuff at him. He wouldn't know what was coming. And then when they came up, he'd be, be 11 nothing, And, you know, they'd probably pull him early. It's 11 nothing, Mike. Take the night off, man. We, we ain't winning this one. <laughs> you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast. With Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Some news. Congratulations to Chris Kreider. He will replace teammate Artemi Panarin at the 2020 NHL Honda All-Star Game. So Chris Kreider, who um, one of our callers wants to wonder if he's going to be traded from the Rangers. Well, not before he plays in the All-Star Game. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Our poll question at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. What's your favorite Jeter moment? Three thousandth hit, RBI, uh, walk off hit to end his career. Mister November home run, the diving into the stands. A bunch of you have said the flip play. We heard Derek Jeter talk about that play. But let's go back and see what else you guys are talking about on Twitter. We've got some interesting responses like from, uh, who's this here? All right. From JetLive0112169. If you grew up in the New York metropolitan area, Mr. November is the only answer given the circumstances. Solomon Saeed says, first pitch, leadoff home run. This is the Mets in game four of the 2000 World Series. Okay. Next, we've got Platano Guy. You like this one, Mr. T? Has to be the RBI hit to end the career. I cried, and the ovation afterward was amazing. It was almost like Kobe's last game. Hmm. Also on Twitter, this is Capo276. Not a Yankee fan, but I would say the flip. Lot of folks with the flip. Lot of folks. Lot. I like four or five of them, including our own uh, Chris Carlin weighed in earlier talking about the flip, the flip, the flip. Uh, let me see. There's one or two more I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, we already had the World Series 2000 MVP performance. Enough. Uh, also, this was at Sam Darnold. Okay. And this is what he had to say. Wrong button. He says, the results are upsetting. It's Mr. November forever. Hmm. 1-800-919-3776. So, Derek, 
Do you think baseball needed this all-star Hall of Fame induction with all the stuff that's going on right now to kind of take everybody's mind off of it for a moment? I, I took a lot of pride in, in, in playing the game hard and doing my job every day and being consistent and, uh, you know, caring about one particular thing, and that was to try to help our team win. That's the bottom line. Look, I, you know, there's, there's situations that the sport has gone through, you know, throughout its history, and uh, at times it can seem pretty ugly. I also understand that people make mistakes, and unfortunately you have to pay for those mistakes. But I think the game is going to move on, obviously, and it's going to be a better place for it. Vintage Derek Jeter. Vintage. He didn't tell you anything. <laughs> he didn't tell you anything. He's the only thing he told you. I don't cheat. That's the only thing he said. The only thing he said. Didn't mention it. He did he, You tell me. You heard it. What did he say? What did he say? People make mistakes? Okay, yeah, we know that. Always answers generic. Never gets in trouble. Always knows how to handle it. Smooth. Hey, Mark in Newark, you're next on 98.7. What's up, my friend? What's happening, Mark? Larry, you know what? If I was a teacher back in the days that I had a ruler, I would be tearing your knuckles up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? I'm about to explain myself real easy. Boy, I got, I'm not, how, how I ended up in Catholic school? You have to take on Dieter after that. Larry, remember that kid? Remember that kid that was the, the two kids on the opposing team didn't like each other or was about to get into the scrap, and that one kid walked up to the other one and goes, you're going to let him talk about your mom like that? And then all of a sudden the two kids are brawling, and the kid that said it is gone? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you sound like, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting these Yankee fans all riled up talking about them. But it was unanimous. Why not? Yeah, I'm just curious. I want to know why. This is my question, Mark. I'm trying to figure out now what constitutes a unanimous vote for the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball if you're not a pitcher. If you're not a relief pitcher, how do you get a unanimous vote? That's all I want to know. Larry, and, and, and then you got the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter world all on fire by, by putting four choices for uh, a Hall of Fame player that has like nine million plays. Exactly. <laughs> You're doing it again, Larry. Well, You're you know kid. that, but but you could. Uh, but I give you the opportunity. Listen, Mark. What do you want yeah. me to do? They only give you four choices on Twitter, <laughs> Larry. That's uh, why I give you the uh, phone. I got more than four phone lines. You can call and weigh in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful that it's, you got you got me smiling and laughing over here. My take on Jeter, real easy. Um, it doesn't matter because the great players. And, and him included, they have that thing that you always say. They have the you knew. There's so many, so many plays that Jeter has made, and I'm not a Jeter fan. I'm a Mets fan like yourself. Mm-hmm. But but when I see a great player, I know a great player. Yeah. Give me, give me, let me take you back a few years. Remember Guy Lafleur? When sure. You were a kid? Absolutely. You, you didn't. You, wow. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what the, that's what the Hall of Famers have. They have that. Yeah, that. you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know, it's funny you mentioned Guy Lafleur, uh, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. I was a big, when I was coming up, I was a big Montreal Canadiens fan. Big, big uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Love Guy Lafleur, Guy Lapointe. Um, 
you know, Ken Dryden was my favorite goaltender. Loved him. Loved him. And, and I would love listening to, even though I was a big Montreal fan, I loved listening to Rangers broadcast on the radio with, uh, Jim Gordon and, um, Jim Gordon did some. Marv Albert, of course, did some. And then there was, oh, I'm going to, it's going to, it's driving me nuts. The name just went right out of my head. Who did, who did the, uh, who did the color? Not Sal Red Light Messina. Um, there was another person that did it. And I can't think of the name. And he used to, oh, I used to love hearing him say, um, the, the guys are swarming around the ranger's net like bees around honey. Oh, he had great, great lines. Bill Chadwick, the big whistle, Bill Chadwick. That's who it was. Oh, I loved listening to those guys. Loved it. Loved listening. Loved to watch, loved watching hockey. Even when I was, you know, high school, when I loved, loved the rangers and I loved the Canadians. Loved watching them. And then had the pleasure of, you know, in this career of mine, had the pleasure of, of covering another outstanding goaltender, he being Martin Brodeur of the New Jersey Devils. So I had, I had a little hockey in my blood back then. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Derek Jeter, his reaction to falling one vote short of being unanimous. Well, I look at all the votes that I got. And uh, it takes a lot of votes to get elected in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, trying to get um, that many people to agree on something is pretty difficult to do. Uh, so I, I'm just, that's not something that's on my mind. I'm just extremely excited and, and honored to be elected. Smooth. This is a typical Jeter. Typical Jeter. Before I get to Trey, my favorite moment, and you might find this weird, my favorite moment, Derek Jeter moment, was in the 3,000 hit game, not the 3,000th home run, but the hit, the fifth hit that drove in the game-winning run. That was my favorite Derek Jeter moment because, for me, that just epitomized what he was. Okay, the big moment, the big 3,000 hit, okay, great, great. But to get the RBI hit, (laughs) going five for five and get the RBI hit to win the game, aside from the 3,000th hit, that's what he did. That's what he did. So it wasn't the leadoff home run he hit in Game 4 of the 2000 World Series against your Mets. No, that was not. That was one of my unhappy Derek Jeter memories. Very unhappy about that. That series did not go well for you. No, it didn't. As a fan. But I, but I expected that it wouldn't. I just did. I expected that it wouldn't. That team, the way they played... They had, they could beat you. Not a lot of power on that team, but they, but they had big hits. They had big home runs and big spots. They, 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 they paper cut you to death. That's what those teams did. They paper cut you to death. And then once they had a lead, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it was over. Here comes Mariano. Okay. Well, forget about it. All right. So what are we going to do next game? That was it. That was it. So no, that wasn't that, that matter of fact, I don't, I vaguely remember that World Series. You tried to erase it. I, from I your, vaguely, your, your I, I vaguely, JP, you're Memphis. You remember that 2000 World Series at all? Voluntary amnesia. Do you remember that World Series? You gotta Series black it out. I barely remember. I don't remember. I very, very, very vague. Very, va- barely remember. Even at 06, 
championship series. I try to forget too. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Chavez, the uh, miracle catch that that doesn't really get remembered too much. Well, because I'm from the Don LaGreca school, that that catch means nothing because they didn't win. Oh, absolutely means nothing. Well, remember in got a be- got a bobblehead for that catch in the 2017. <laughs> American League Championship Series between the Yankees and the Astros. Yes. Aaron Judge. Now it wasn't as fantastic as the Chavez catch, mm-hmm. but Judge robbed a home run. Sure did. Doesn't get talked about because the Yankees went on to lose the series. Now we've learned the Astros were cheating. Yes. So they they unfairly lost the series, but we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. We might talk about it now. <laughs> Listen, as a matter of fact, Aaron Judge is like. You know, my arbitration would have went a little differently if we had won that and I got to the World Series and had because he was hot. It affects paychecks. It affects legacies. It affects jobs. Yeah, and then think about Clayton Kershaw. Like, what's the biggest exactly. knock on him? He's awful in the postseason. He can't win a big postseason can't game. Win. He was actually great that series at home, awful yep. on the road. If if they go on to win the World Series, even if he's not the the you know, World Series MVP, it completely changes it how you look at him. It does. Like, obviously, he's still going to go down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Yeah. But you, it, it just, in a snap of a finger, changes the spectrum of the legend of uh, Clayton Kershaw. It could it could take him from being a unanimous Hall of Famer to being two or three votes short of being unanimous. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Trace in Brooklyn. Texas. He's next on 9870 ESPN. What's up, T? Yeah, yeah he'll be fine. And we're not going to do the Clayton Kershaw thing because I don't think they hollering about us over there on ESPN LA. So no, no, you know, what they, you know what they're talking about on ESPN LA, Trey? They're talking about, they're talking about how the Dodgers should get the world, should be vacated and they should get the World <laughs> Series. That's what they're talking about. They got legislative people talking about this. Well, the, the, look, they'll vacate it as soon as they move back to Brooklyn, where they're supposed to be. How about that? Well, then we don't want them. Let them stay out where they are. Yeah, you're right, because I don't even like them no more. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. I just clean Kershaw. Oh, man. Anyway, what? man. Uh, and by the way, uh, Ty Boog, the, the uh, Indy Chavez catch is still one of the greatest catches ever, man. Come on, man. I mean, I mean it don't mean nothing because they lost. Right, but that was a great. That was a hell of a catch, man. It, it's a it's a, a very it's a outstanding catch. Yeah, that would have but, been all world had they won. <laughs> yeah. So, let me, so, so my big question is: Can we talk about the 2000 World Series tonight, or is that no? Right, don't 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 belabor the point. <laughs> just, just don't don't belabor the point. Don't be, don't be having no celebrations. I, I don't be having no celebrations. I had to do it. I ain't gonna do it. So I ain't gonna do it. Don't, don't, but nah, don't, man. don't be jumping up and down nah, now over there. I ain't gonna do it. Don't be jumping and down in your brisket. But nah, man. I mean, it's a great career for this dude, man. Yep. But one thing I will caution Yankee fans on is like, let's get this all out now. Let's let's enjoy it. Let's soak it in. Uh, he's not gonna do the Joe D thing. He's not gonna be coming back throwing out pitches. You're not gonna see him at old timers day. He got a job. Yeah. It's in South Florida and ain't got nowhere near New York. You know, unless they see us in the World Series anytime soon, and that ain't that ain't happening. <laughs> well, maybe they'll start cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and the trash can, you know, put put the little thing on the yeah, on your chest. You never know. It works out. You never know. But no, nah, I mean it was a hell of a career, man. But yeah. like, I, I want everybody, all the Yankee fans to soak it in. And just you see the outpouring from the Met fans and other players, man, just the respect that this guy garnered yes. around the league. 
You know what I mean? And he did it the right way. Yeah. And I tell you a quick one, man. I went and saw him in Arlington one of his last times in uh, up in Texas. And how did they troll him? They played the old Dirty Bastard remix of uh, him and Mariah Carey, and they played it loud. Oh, Only man. And you see all his teammates over there cracking up, man. It was the funniest thing. I was in the stands laughing, man. I got there early to watch him uh, do BP, and man, they started playing it loud, man. I was all oh, that. But I'm, I mean, who mad at that? You mad at that? No, mad no, no. He wasn't mad at it. Yeah. He chuckled. Well, no, him. If that's, the, if that's the worst you can say about a person, I'll take. It. He's you like, I mean? he's he, like, he probably said, huh? Now, I remember he, what I put in that gift basket. Right, and many other gift baskets. You better catch that man out in front of 21 somewhere. That man, hey, he did it the right way, man. Hats off to that man. He deserved it. That whole, you know, I think we're getting the the whole uh, unanimous thing. That's that's getting blown out of proportion. There's there's only one person that's unanimous right now. I mean, they're all going to the Hall of Fame. It's in Cooperstown. It's still the same Hall of Fame. It really doesn't. I understand people are kind of getting a little infatuated with the whole unanimous thing. And I think you might see Mike Trout maybe because, I mean, if they go by the numbers, it's just his war and everything that they talk about with him. Mm-hmm. He could possibly be one to go in like that. But, you know, that's for the writers to come up with, man. I mean, as fans, I'm happy that he'll be, that he's going in the hall. And I know all the Yankee fans are happy, and they should be, because we watched this dude blossom from the number six pick to Cooperstown, man, and what a great career in between, man. So and, shout and out what's, to that. And what's so great about it for Yankee fans is he's your guy. You drafted right. him. He came Come up on, through the dude, system. He wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it's not, you know, with all due respect, Alex Rodriguez, who may go in with a Yankee hat or Seattle hat. It's, it's not that way. This is your guy that came yeah. up through your system. For the Met fans, it's like Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver right. was our guy. He was our superstar. He was our Bob Gibson. He was our, uh, you know, uh, Miguel Clayar. He, he, he was our mm. guy. This, he was ours. We brought him up. He was, he was the stopper for us. When we, when we sent him to the mound, we had a chance to win. Wasn't that way with everybody else. But, and, you know, and, and of course, other guys came along like Kuzman and, we traded Nolan Ryan, but forget about that. Uh, you know, other guys came along that you add that made the team better and deeper. But for a long time, it was Tom Seaver's pitching. We got a chance to win today, right? So, so right. that's how Met fans feel about feel about Seaver. So, you know, that's so I understand what the Yankee fans feel about Derek Jeter. And the good thing about them is, you know, they had a couple of guys like that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, and it helped. And like I said, man, this is not a this is a team sport. So yes. he isn't going to do it by himself. He he was mm-hmm. surrounded by greatness, and yeah. he blossomed in that greatness. He did. He wasn't just along for the ride. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And at the end of the day, man, like Jay Z said, man, you got to keep the swag, man. That man walked like a ball player. Yeah. That's a ball player right there, and he played it the right way. And in the biggest market on the planet, there was like you said, little little back, little page six, but that's that's all right. Yeah. Never nothing salacious. No. Never. He was raised right, Doctor Jeter and Miss Dorothy. They did it right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that has to be applauded too, man. Your roots have to be applauded right here. And yep. I know that he'll do that in August on that stage. I already know he's going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be so, fun. You know, it's going to be fun yeah, to watch him. That's going to be a great day. That's going to be a great day right there, man. But shout out to Derek, man. That was an awesome career, man. I'm glad I got to see that whole thing. Yeah, you know, true. we came around from Lou Gehrig and Joe D. We didn't get to see that. You know, to get to see that from day one to the end. Mm-hmm. It's all in the game, man. Get yeah. out of here, man. Yeah. Get out of here, man. Oh, and by the way, Larry, the flip play, man. Stop playing. Flip. What about the flip? 
It's the flip, man. It's the flip. That's the play, man. That's the that's your favorite. That's your favorite Jeter, Larry. That's the one, man. Because like you said, he was supposed to be there. But what if Tino cuts that ball off? What if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything could happen right there. But he was right there, Johnny, on the spot, man. Well. And, and 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 also look again tonight at the play. Look at the reaction of the ump. Yeah, Watch the reaction of the ump. Yeah, like, he's like oh. he got you. He had he had a little. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed that play. Yeah, my father was. I'm telling you, you 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 have to take emotion out of it. But he was feeling that he looked like Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun. Look at you with the Leslie Nielsen line. Thanks for the phone call, Trey. Look at you with the Leslie Nielsen line in there. But yeah, it's true. Poor Jason Giambi. Why? Maybe if he had slid, he'd had a chance. Why would you think you'd come in standing up? Why would you think standing up was the way to go with that? Just to come full circle, one of the most heartbreaking moments for me as a sports fan was watching Jeter come off the field 2012 in that, what was it, the championship series against the Tigers. Mm -hmm. Yankees got swept. He hurt his ankle, an ankle that had been bothering him Mm -hmm. up to that point. Yep. And, you know, he was never the same after that. No, he wasn't. But he was still out there every day. I just remember him, you know, the story comes out. He told Girardi and, and the trainers, you're not going to carry me off this field. That's right. I'm walking off the field. He had too much pride for that. No question about it. He's the captain. Captain don't leave like that. 